listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you live from Tasmania, right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going. And you can experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Jason Cook, and today we have David Maxwell joining us again from Launceston on his series, Are You Listening? And David, welcome. Hi, Jason. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. I'm, uh, Good. I'm on the end of this uh, flu and feeling a lot better. That's great. <laughs> so uh, it's good to feel good. Yeah. Well, it's good to have you back with us again today. And uh, each time we start our program with you lately, we've been doing a proverb. And uh, what have you got for us today? Yeah. Thanks, Jason. We're we're back in Proverbs sixteen. I was looking at a couple of verses in there, and I'd like to share verses two to four in Proverbs sixteen. I'm going to read from the New King James. And it says, All the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirits. God weighs what we're like. And as we continue on, it says, Commit your ways to the Lord, and your thoughts will be established. And then verse 4, The Lord has made all for himself. He's made us all for him. Yes, even the wicked for the day of doom. And it's interesting that this this passage actually reinforces that God wants us to be with Him. Mm. Yeah, yes, there's going to be there's going to be justice meted out at some point for those who don't want to be with Him. But it's a good lead-in text for today's program, the Great Reunion, because it explains both of these facets. One side is God wants us to be with Him, but the other side is, but if you don't, well. You, God will give you what you want. Mm. You won't be able to be with him. And so I think it really reinforces both of these facets, and we're going to look at at least one side in depth today and the other side in depth next week. It's amazing uh, to think that God even gives people who have rejected him the choice. And mm. Uh, mm. He's, a, he's a God of love, and I think love uh, involves free will. So. If we yeah. choose him, yeah, we can have that life. If we choose to not be with him, then he'll respect that. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, David, uh, we've been going through this series and we're quite a, a way through, so we probably haven't got time to recap everything in detail, but would mm. you like to give us a, a quick recap on uh, on some of the programs and particularly the recent ones we've been doing? Yeah, definitely. So we've looked at basically the bottom line of everything we've looked at is God's word can be trusted. Mm. And we looked at that right from the start. And each each time we go through a different topic, we're reinforcing what God's like and how much he loves us. Uh, we see that in so many variety of varied ways. We've looked at how he uh, saves us, how he empowers us how he wants us to live, how he even changes us, which I think is is just incredible that he wants to do that. Mm. Uh, we also looked at how the Holy Spirit empowers us to do all of those things, uh, make us obedient, follow him faithfully, um, rest with him, Shabbat, <laughs> rest with him, mm. um, and, and be holy because he's holy. You know, you know we, we, if we're filled with the holy God, we become holy. And we looked at different character traits he wants, how he wants to be in community with us. That was a really important one. 
we looked at the example of marriage and I did a marriage ceremony on Sunday and it's it's so exciting mm. to do the whole ceremony and and yet the legal part of it is so short mm. really you do a short mm. talk you you do the legal part of it but the real crux of a wedding is the community you enjoy after that mm. You know, at the reception, as they call it, and we did the reception and the and the uh, ceremony in the same place, so we didn't leave and go somewhere else. And it was really nice to enjoy the rest of that day. So community is very, very important. And last week we looked at what Jesus is doing right now to make that possible, that reunion for us that we're going to talk about today. Mm. Well, of course, all of our episodes are available on the Faith FM app and the Faith FM website. You can go there, you can browse for our Tassie Encounters, or more specifically, you can browse for this particular series called Are You Listening? Uh, find that in the programs and podcasts or in the browse option on the app. And uh, it's a great way to, to listen to stuff if you've uh, forgotten something or if you have uh, want to go back and re-listen to something because you quite didn't get it the first time. So it's... Uh, it's a good thing to do. So, David, today uh, the Great Reunion is the title. Would you like to mm. give us a bit of an intro? Yeah, thanks, Jason. So it's a time uh, and a very special event, this Great Reunion, that we're going to look at. And it's the event that the Bible speaks of where God and his people are finally reunited after all this time. And I, I hope you'll find it as, as, as exciting as I do. You might pick that up as we go through it. I get really excited about this topic. Mm. But before we do that, I want to ask a listener question and we can talk about something that we've experienced personally. What was the question is, what, what was the most longed for reunion you ever had? So a time when you had a reunion after a time of waiting. Um, does anything come to mind for you, Jason? I've been thinking about this uh, this morning and um, mm. There's, there's so many times, <laughs> so to pick one is hard. But I think whenever you've yeah. been away, you know, like I think if you've been traveling, if you've been away, you've been away from uh, your family and your home and mm. and those people, even my church, you know, I miss my church when I travel and, and uh, we don't we don't go there. So um, it's, it's a great thing to come back and uh, be reunited. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. Back in 2013, so that's 10 years ago. Wow, I can't believe that's gone so fast. Mm. Uh, for me, it was it was when I was away from my wife for five weeks uh, for a Bible land tour. Now, it wasn't a holiday. <laughs> it was a great trip, but it wasn't a holiday. It was mm. a really demanding study tour where we were up at five o'clock most mornings, five, six, you know, getting ready for the day. And we didn't get to bed until, you know, 10 or 11, maybe sometimes after that, by the time we'd sorted all our photos and categorized them and everything so we wouldn't mess them up later and i really missed my wife because she's my best friend and it that's you know that kind of experience not the not the tiredness and all that demanding stuff but actually experiencing like opening the bible and walking into it that was something um, that I knew she would really, really love. And you want to share those experiences with with your best friend. Mm. And she wasn't there. And and I just knew how much she would have really loved it and grown from it and, and, and expanded her experience from being there. So as the weeks flew by, and they really did fly by, I still missed her more and more and more. And I was so glad 
to get home and see her and share all that we'd actually done and uh, everything we're, every, everywhere we'd been. Even though she saw some of the photos I'd put up on Facebook as we went along, and they're still there if you want to see them. <laughs> Uh, it was something that, uh, you know, being apart was difficult. Being mm. apart was difficult. And it's often the case when we're apart from someone that we love, as you said. Mm. So the listener question today is, have you got a time? What was the most long-for reunion you ever had? Now, like you, Jason, I said that, that there are plenty of times when this has happened. And one was just recent as well. And it was about five weeks. And about, I guess, about a week in, you think, oh, this is not so bad. <laughs> After two weeks and three weeks, when you have to do all the jobs that your partner would do, mm. you start to realise, you know what? She is a real value to me, or that person is a real value to me. You know, I miss all of those, those sharing times together. I miss when you're at the end of the day and everything's quiet. You know, and you, you usually sit and go, how was your day? And, you know, what did you do? And how was this? And how was that? And, and you miss all of those things. Mm. So I, I, think it's, I think it's an important question because this, this longed-for reunion is something that God talks about uh, throughout the Bible as he, as he actually is longing for us, isn't he? Mm, absolutely. I yeah. think that's the the message of the whole Bible is uh, that he wants to be reunited with us and we, we see that message come come through from the beginning to the end. Yeah, yeah. So the question? What was the most long-for reunion you have ever had? And uh, do text us in 0488-880-891. We'd love to hear from you today. This is Here He Comes by Melissa Otto. On a white horse to 
Fighting with a fierce love I love stronger than death My true word If I say my food Tazzy Encounters on Faith FM and today we're speaking with David Maxwell on the topic of the Great Reunion. We asked you a question, we'd love to hear from you today. Do text us in 0488-880-891 is our number. What was the most longed for reunion you've ever had? We'd love to hear from you today, so do text us in. David, uh, before the break, we talked about the fact that we're going to talk about this great reunion, mm. but um, this is uh, an event that's described quite a bit in the Bible, and uh, yes, we know Jesus talked about it as well. So um, let's get started today. Yeah, no worries. Thanks, Jason. It's, a, it's actually referred to so many times in the Bible as the Day of the Lord, mm. and it's quite, a, it's quite a big topic throughout the Bible. So we don't have time to look at all of it today, but we're just going to address a few verses, uh, a few passages, and then we're going to talk about how, when, and why Jesus is coming back. And I think those three questions are very, very important. How he's coming back, when he's coming back, and why he's coming back. Most people want to know about the when, they're not too concerned about the how or the why, mm. but they are very, very concerned about the when. Many people have made predictions about that. We're not about making predictions today. We just want to show you some things in the Bible, and hopefully the how and the why will be more important for you by the time we finish than the when. Mm. So the passage we want to read today uh, is John fourteen one to 3, but before we do that, I'm going to pray for our listeners. Thanks. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you that we still have your word. Thank you that you are willing to share it with us and keep it and revive it for us today. Lord, as we open it, please give us understanding as we read in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, John, um, Jason, <laughs> Not John, I looked Jason. at the word, John. <laughs> Jason, if you wouldn't mind reading in the New Living Translation, John chapter 14, 1 to 3, some really encouraging verses. Yeah, it's great. Uh, it says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything's ready, I will come and get you so that you'll always be with me where I am. That's really good, Jason. What do you get out of that passage? Well, for me, and I, I do love this translation as well. I, I often read from the New Living because it's really easy to mm. read. But I love the way it puts this here is that when everything's ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. That's what stands out to me. Yeah. It, to me, it's mm. this eagerness of, of Jesus that I want to be with you. I mm. want to be with you, and I want you to be here. Mm. So I'm going to come back. And that's I think that's a really encouraging promise. Perhaps it was something that really kept them going, I guess. 
And and even the disciples, as I'll mention in a moment, even the disciples wanted to know, when are you coming back? And when I was in Sydney uh, many, many years ago, I can remember waiting at a train station in Sydney, uh, a station called Wynyard. Some of you might have been there. And it's an underground station. And I knew that the train was coming for a number of reasons. So firstly, I'd check the timetable online so I knew when it was originally scheduled I could get there in time. That, that's very important for that you know that, <laughs> if you have to be somewhere on time. Secondly, I arrived at the station and then I checked the live timetable. So I went up to the board and I checked, yep, it's still on, it's still running on time, which is not always the case with trains, is it? No. <laughs> Often they are running late or they have to cancel a service or mm. whatever, or the train pulls up. This used to happen in Perth a lot. If you were close to Perth, a, a Perth station, uh, you'd, you'd stand at the station. By the time the train got to you, it was absolutely full. Mm. And you would just stand at the station and wait for the next one. <laughs> and sometimes you'd wait for two or three trains. It's a little bit different in Tasmania because we have buses, but uh, similar correct. things can happen. Correct, correct. So I checked the live timetable and I see that it's still running on time. Then I heard it being announced that it was arriving as the next train on that platform. Then before it arrived, because you're underground and it's a tunnel, mm. you can hear the squeal of the wheels. I can, you can almost hear it like running your fingers down the chalkboard. Sorry for that mental picture that I've just given you. <laughs> but you can hear this squeal of the wheels on um, the tracks as, as it's coming around the corner. Then just before it arrives around the corner, you feel this rush of wind that's being pushed ahead of the train and you knew that at the next moment the train would come around the corner and arrive at the platform and that was exactly what happened just like all the signs told me now i think that's a really good illustration of how jesus has promised to come back as we read in john and he's given all these signs just like the signs of the train we checked all those things and we knew it was going to happen jesus gave these signs to show us how when and why he's coming back mm. so First today, I want to look at how Jesus is coming back. And this can be very important because Jesus said that many false prophets are going to come before he, he arrives. And they're going to say all sorts of different things. They're going to say, hey, here's Jesus over here. You know, a fellow I went to school with was named Alan Miller. I'm, I'm not sure if I should have said his name, but anyway. <laughs> there's a fellow in Queensland called Alan Miller. And he, I don't know if it's the same guy or not, okay, so I can I can plead ignorance if you like. But uh, I don't know if it's the same man, but there's a fellow in Queensland who says he's Jesus Christ. And his name's Alan Miller. Um, and he says some other things too. Jesus said there are going to be people who come and say, hey, I'm Jesus. And if you hear about it, he says, don't go over there and see, don't go over there, just don't. Mm. And 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 he he gives us a really clear picture of how he's going to come back. And so I'm going to read First Thessalonians four thirteen to eighteen, and I'll explain a little bit as we go through, but not too much. So I'm going to read from the New King James. But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, 
that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. So I think first and foremost here, it's important to notice that Jesus says both the dead and the living who've chosen to follow Jesus faithfully will go together with Jesus at the same time. Mm. And we don't go before them. I'm saying we, Paul said the same. He thought he was going to be alive when Jesus came, uh, comes. I, I believe I may be, I may be. But even if I'm not, the ones that who are alive when Jesus comes won't go to heaven first, and they have to wait until those who are, have passed away, who are sleeping in the grave, as the Bible says, as Jesus himself says, are resurrected and given new bodies. Then we are transformed with new bodies, and together we go up in the clouds and we meet Jesus in the air. Mm. So I think that's that's really important. So that's the first thing that happens uh, according to these verses. But I want you to notice three things that happen as Jesus comes. In verse 16, he says, He descends from heaven with a shout. Mm. Now, when Jesus was here, God the Father spoke a number of times, and people heard him, and they said it sounded like thunder. Now, thunder can be pretty loud. Now, that was just God speaking. Imagine if Jesus shouts mm. as he's coming. And not only that, uh, <laughs> we've got with the trumpet of God, and, you know, I play trumpet, and it mm. can be loud, although I'm not the loudest trumpet player, but imagine the trumpet of God. <laughs> I think that's yes. going to be loud. <laughs> yes, yes. So the kind of shout he uses is it says he will use the voice of an archangel. Mm. Now, uh, you know, when, when an angel came and said something to people, they were terrified. They fell on their faces, and he, they were just speaking. Now, if an archangel shouts, Jesus comes and shouts with that kind of a voice, it's going to be loud. And then, as you said, the trumpet of God. Now, I've been inside of a building when they played the trumpet, the last mm. post, a number of other things. It's really loud. Sometimes you've got to put your finger in your ears. <clears throat> It's was pretty I was, loud. Hey? I, was, I was going to say there's a reason why they choose a well. It's actually a cornet, but it's basically the same as a right. trumpet for doing yeah. the uh, the call. The um, what's it called? The the army call. The last post. Oh, oh the the reveille. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yes, yes. So it's not going to be a quiet event, is it? Not at all. Doesn't sound like it. No, no. It doesn't sound like it's going to be anything silent or secret about it. The Bible also says that it's going to be visible. And personal. Jesus is coming visibly and he's coming personally. In Revelation 1 7, it says, Every eye will see him, even they who pierced him. And in Matthew 26 64, Jesus says something very, very interesting. So he's under trial, he's on trial by the religious leaders of his day, and they, they say to him, Are you the Christ? Are you the Messiah? Basically, is what they're saying. And Jesus says, in essence, he says, yes, you're right. He says it in a way that, yes, what you've said is correct. He doesn't, he doesn't necessarily say, yes, I am. But he says, what you're saying is correct. But let me tell you something, he says. I'm paraphrasing. In 
chapter 26 and verse 64 of Matthew, he says, Hereafter you will see, so he says, you will see. That's a very important statement. Mm. The Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the power. Now, they understood what he was saying. He was saying, I'm going to be coming, sitting at the right hand of God the Father. God the Father, the power, and coming on the clouds of heaven. So he's saying God the Father is coming. I, as his, uh, as co-God, if you like, is going to be sitting on his right hand, and I'm coming with him. And then all of the angels of heaven are coming. As he was leaving after his death and his resurrection, the angel standing beside his disciples says, Men of Galilee... Why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This is in Acts um, chapter 1. This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. So Jesus left visibly, he left personally, and he's going to return visibly and personally. Mm. And that's, uh, that is um, something that, you know, we can read from the Bible, we can understand from the Bible, but it's interesting that many people have different ideas about how Jesus is going to come back and, and what's going to happen when he comes back. But uh, he's told us the truth yeah. here. He's, he's told us exactly, yeah, he has. exactly what's going to happen. Well, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So mm. if Jesus said something was going to happen and it doesn't happen, then he wasn't telling us the truth. So when Jesus says, I am coming back through the angels, he says, I'm coming back. The same way you saw me go. Mm. He went up into the clouds. He didn't just vanish. Mm. You know, he physically went up. He was lifted up off the ground and went up into the sky. And they were watching him go. And then all of a sudden, these angels are standing there saying, what are you doing that for? Mm. He's coming back. And he's coming back that same way. That means he's coming back visibly and he's coming back personally. Mm. There's no secret about it. Absolutely. Um, and it certainly won't be quiet. Mm. <laughs> Everyone on earth is going to see him return mm. physically. When is that going to be? Well, we'll look at when after the break. Awesome. Remember our question today, what was the most long-for reunion you have ever had? Text us in on 0488 880 And uh, Margie has texted us in. She says, thank you for another program. And she says, I know it's going to be good. Well, that's good. It's great mm. to have uh, faith in us, uh, uh, Margie. So I hope we deliver on that. Um, mm. I had to go and live overseas uh, for two years eventually, she says. Uh, I miss mm. my children. And then I had only one grandson. It was the longest and furthest separation I've had from my children ever. So mm. that would have been hard, very hard to, to go away from your family. Um, we've got a book offer coming up. It's called End Time Living. So stay tuned. We'll give you more details about that in the next section. This is uh, When I Wake Up to Sleep No More by the Marshall Family. It's a great song. What a glad thought, some wonderful morning Just to hear Gabriel's trumpet sound When I wake up, when I wake up to sleep no more Meet our blessed Redeemer with a glad shout, I'll leave the ground. When I wake up, when I wake up to sleep no more. When I wake up, some glad morning, sleep no more. Jewels adorn, how happy I'll be. Over in glory, beautiful shore. Tell the story with the Redeemer, all the ages. Praising the one who I adore. When I wake up, when I wake up. 
When I wake up to sleep no more Glory to God, I'll have a new body Changed in the twinkling of an hour When I wake up, when I wake up to sleep no more Leaving behind no troubles and trials Bound for the sea up on high When I wake up, when I wake up to sleep no more When I wake up, some glad morning No more jewels adorned How happy I'll be, overing glory Telling the story with the reading of all the ages Praising the one whom I adore When I wake up, when I wake up to sleep no more When I wake up Some glad morning No more Jews adorn How happy I'll be Over in glory oh, sure. Tell the story With the reading of all the ages Praising the one whom I adore When I wake up When I wake up To sleep no more When I wake up When I wake up To sleep no This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, and we're talking with David Maxwell today. And this is the program and the series, Are You Listening? We've been talking about the topic of the Great Reunion. And before the break, David, you were saying how the second coming of Jesus won't be a quiet event. It won't be secret mm. that uh, we're going to hear it, we're going to see it, and everyone will know about it. But the question is, when mm. is it going to happen? That's the question everyone wants to know, I guess. Yes, it's true, Jason. So many people have made predictions, and one thing they all have in common is they were all wrong because mm. we're still here. <laughs> um, and the simple answer is soon. What does soon mean? Well... For any one of us, it could be the very next thing we see. Mm. Now, I'm going to dig more into that next week, okay? But for now, even Jesus tells us that we can know when he's coming. Now, this is this is an important question. It, it's not a new question, though. Even Jesus' disciples wanted an answer to this question, and that's interesting because he hadn't even left yet. Mm. You know, and, and, and Jesus is saying these things are going to happen, and... They ask him in Matthew 24, okay, let me read a few verses here. Um, in verse 1 he says, Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came up to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, Do you not see all these things? Assuredly I say to you, not one stone will be left upon another that shall not be thrown down. I've been to Israel, and I've seen the temple mount, and that is true. There's not a single stone of the original temple still on the Temple Mount. And if you go down to around the, the Temple Mount walls, you can see the great stones that were thrown off the Temple Mount. So Jesus, when he tells you something, it, it's true. It's going to happen. Then he goes on and he says... Um, or they say to him, uh, as he sat on the, the Mount of the uh, Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. So he's talking to his, his private disciples, saying, Tell us when will these things be, and what will be the sign of your coming, and the end of the ages. So I see three questions there. 
And Jesus gives them a threefold answer. And he gives an overall summary of all things that will happen before he comes. And you see that in verse 4 to verse 14. He mentions wars, rumors of wars, which we've had in the past and we still have, don't we? Mm. He mentions nations and kingdoms rising against each other in civil uprisings. We've had them. Mm-hmm. And we still have them. Mm-hmm. He mentions famines, pestilences, earthquakes in different places. We've had them, and, and we, we still, still have, have them. them. Yep. You know, so people say, hey, these things have always happened. Mm. Uh, he mentions persecution of the faith of his faithful followers. We've had that, you know, so we've had it terribly through the ages. Mm. You know, through the dark ages, uh, 538 to 1798, that 1260-year period, they estimate, and they only estimate, they didn't keep records, you know, of how many people were killed, but they estimate between 20 and 50 million Christians were killed during that period. And that's people who genuinely were trying to follow God, mm. but religious powers of that time were so corrupt, anyone who didn't follow what they said were gotten rid of. Mm. So we've had persecutions. We still have persecutions today and jesus also in this passage he mentions the gospel being preached to all the world which is happening and has always happened since the time he left but it's not yet complete there is still some people groups and um, language groups um, and dialects that haven't heard about jesus Mm. so it's still happening it's it's almost there but it hasn't quite finished Mm. And then in verses 15 to 22, he outlines some very specific things about the destruction of Jerusalem, which we just saw he had been mentioning to his disciples, and they couldn't believe that. I think, how can that possibly happen? And when you read the historic, historical accounts from um, eyewitnesses of the day around AD 70, um, you can see how amazingly accurate his predictions were. So one of those that were writing around that time was Josephus, the Jew who was a Roman historian. Well, he was a Jewish historian, but he was recording, he was paid by the Romans to record. So uh, when you read it, there is some bias in there. But nevertheless, when you read what he wrote, it's incredibly accurate to what Jesus predicted. One of those is in Daniel. In Daniel, it says that the people of the prince who is to come, that's the Jewish nation, because the the people of the prince were the Jews, um, they destroy the city. And people say, no, they didn't. The Romans did, but you go and read what Josephus said of what he recorded. Now, inside the city, when the Romans were surrounding it, when Titus came back after the Christians had fleed, so he, he went back to Rome uh, when the emperor died and they had to appoint a new emperor, then he appoints Titus to come back and to destroy, get rid of all of those Jews that are giving them so much trouble. They surround the city. And inside the city, what's going on is the zealots are attacking people. They're going and seeing the rich. They're robbing the temple. They're getting the gold. They're getting the food. And over 40,000 people were killed in the city by the Jews themselves. And Titus actually opened the gate at one point and allowed them to bring the dead out of the city. It was so terrible. Mm. So they had done so much destruction, and it's almost when you read history, the Romans come and finish the job because it's so terrible. 
Um, but yes, the Romans do destroy a whole lot. They burn the temple and all of that. But, but what happens inside beforehand is that it's already getting destroyed by the zealots. So it's amazing how accurate Jesus is when he talks about walls being built around the, temp- around the, the city and they're, they're trapped inside. That exactly happens. Titus builds ramparts around the city so no one can get out. Anyway, I'm getting sidetracked here. But when we get back to verse uh, Matthew chapter 24, verses 23 to 35, these verses, all these verses are leading up to his return. And we can witness all of these things and get ready for them. There are certain signs that are mentioned here that if we're waiting for, if we're waiting to see them before we get serious, we're going to miss out on so much. Because verses 27 to 31 describe the actual day of his return. And it says it's sudden, it's instant, like lightning. Now, I don't know about you, but when I see lightning, it's, it's, it, it just flashes really, really brightly. Hmm. That's another thing. It's, it's visible. Even if you shut your eyes, you can see the lightning. Um, it talks about our sun, moon, and stars being affected. His appearance, his appearance being greeted with mourning by those who rejected him. And there's this great trumpet again mentioned here. So then he summarizes all of this with an interesting parable about a fig tree. And he says, just like you watch the growth of a fig tree and you know when the leaves are coming out, you know it's summer or for us it's spring, you know, uh, summer is near. So those early signs are like the fig leaves. You see those early signs, you know he's coming, he's close. But he mentions something really interesting. I want to read two verses for you. Verse 33 and verse 44 33 and 34 and this is in i'm in the wrong chapter right chapter 24 and he says so you also when you see all these things know it is near at the doors assuredly i say to you this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place and i used to read that and think well i don't understand Mm -hmm. i don't understand that generation did pass away Mm. But that is a very specific statement. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does he say there? He says in verse 33, when you see all these things. Mm. So when he, sees, when he says you see all these things together, that his coming is just around the corner. And, and we've seen these signs that he mentions individually all the way down through history, some of them being together. But I believe Jesus is talking about the modern age. He's looking down to our age of instant world news where we see everything that's happening within hours. And sometimes we see them as it's happening. You know, go on the internet and you see some things as they're happening. People post them straight away. And I see in this that Jesus makes a stark prediction. He says, as you see these things, all these things happening, and we see all of them today. We see all of the things that Jesus talked about, the gospel being preached everywhere. We see pestilences. We see earthquakes. We see wars, rumors of wars, civil unrest. We see all of these things on the news. We see them all together. And he's saying, that he is coming in this generation, not his generation. He's saying the generation that sees all these things, Mm. that's us. And I believe, this is why I believe that either us or our children will see Jesus return. That's how close it is. He says it's at the doors. It's nearly here. Mm. That's certainly, uh, we see all of these things coming together, don't we? uh, 
we do. It's uh, it's not just one thing. It's many things together. Um, we've got our book offer today. Um, did you want to talk any more about what we're going to talk about next in the next section, or we go straight in the book offer? No, we can go into the book offer. No worries. So it's called End Time Living, Essential Truths for Troubled Times, and it's by Mark Finley. It says, The past is still with us. All of us live with the consequences of choices we made back then. What choices are you making today? How do you want to live your life in the future? Mark Finley, Speaker of Emeritus and uh, of oh, sorry, Speaker Emeritus of the It Is Written Television broadcast, shares essential Bible truths in this book to help all of us make better decisions in these troubled times. God gave humans the ability to make moral choices. Today, we need that ability more than ever before. Isn't that so true, David? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, right after the break, we'll give you the code for this book offer. But right now, this is Zach Williams with Face to Face. Oh, I'm a traveler Far from home I get lost But I press on Cause there's a mansion And streets of gold where I belong Yes, there's a day Coming soon Where the old Will be made new And heaven's glory Shines like the morning for our eyes When we all See Jesus When we
looking for that day, forward to that day when we see Jesus face to face. And that uh, was a beautiful song by Zach Williams. Um, yeah. You are listening to Tassie Encounters, and we're finishing our program today with David Maxwell on the topic of the Great Reunion. And uh, before the break, we talked about our book giveaway today, and it's called End Time Living by mm. Mark Finley, Essential Truths for Troubled Times. Our code today is LISTEN19, that's LISTEN19. Text that in with no spaces, LISTEN19 to 04888880891 to claim a copy of that book. We'd love to get one to you today. Now, before the break, um, David, you said that uh, that Jesus was coming back in our generation. This verse that we mm. we covered. Um, that's uh, well. There's, I guess, many different ways that people have interpreted this, but um, mm. to think mm. that he's coming back in our generation, and uh, in, in, in fact, of course, we never know when our time is up as well. Yes, um, yes. that can can be a little bit scary, I guess. Look, for some, it can be a bit daunting, um, really, and maybe scary as well. I, I once had a fellow I worked with was. A man who used to, or a young man who used to give us a real hard time. It was a small group, uh, a small section in the Air Force that I worked for. And there was about 35 of us and there was about 13 Christians. And that was 13 that was counted by the non-Christians. I said, this man, this one, this one, this one. And, and then there was someone, they, someone mentioned and they said, no, no, he's a different denomination. He doesn't really believe, do what he follows. He doesn't actually follow what he believes so they picked up on that but anyway he came up to me one day and he he seemed really out of sorts and i said to him are you okay and he goes look i've been thinking about something and he said uh, maybe one of the other guys has said something to him and and he said uh do you believe jesus is coming back and i said yeah i do i really do i said what do you think about that and he says very insightful answer he said you know if i know him i think i'll be looking forward to it but if I don't, I don't think I will. And mm. it was really insightful. And that's how many people um, view it. And as we read these verses, I see if you read the whole chapter of Genesis 24, you see it's uh, broken up into the normal Hebrew way of, of writing. There's an overview and then certain passages are expanded on or, top, or topics within that overview are expanded on in different ways. So it covers the whole of history. It covers the destruction of Jerusalem, and it dis- and it covers the s- the signs and times leading up to Jesus' return, the actual day of his return, and then a warning that Jesus puts in to say, "Be ready, because those who witness all of these things at the same time, they're the generation that are going to see me come." And he says, "Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away." So he couldn't have been referring to his own generation. Mm. Of the time he was referring to those who see all these things we see that today mm. and as i said it might not be me it might not be um you and me jason but it will it will be our kids this is the time that jesus says he's coming and when i see all the stuff happening in the world i see things that have never happened before happening in our world financially mm. um politically and physically mm. so and socially you know, we see all those things yeah so, yeah that's mm. it so yes it might be a bit scary but let me explain something there are two types of expectation for different events all right. The first um, was what I opened with, uh, eagerly expecting to see my wife again. Why was I so eager to see my wife, do you think? 
Because you loved her. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty simple answer, yeah. isn't it? We have this close and loving relationship together, and I was keen to be with her after being away for so long. Now, there is another expectation, and that was one that I had that sticks in my mind, waiting for my father to return home from work one day after it, would be, it had been revealed that I'd been a thief at school. Now, apart from being very guilty, I was dreading his return because I didn't have a very close or loving relationship with him. So this is similar to the two types of expectations to Jesus' soon return. It can either produce eager expectation or dread depending on your relationship with him. Mm. And it's why I say we should have our relationship right. Mm. So the final part of this is why is Jesus coming back? Why is he coming back? And I would like to reread um, John chapter 14, 1 to 3. Jesus is speaking to his friends and he says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. I'm reading from the New King James this time. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And so Jesus is not speaking to his enemies. He's speaking to his friends. He's not coming to harm them but if you like, to collect them. Mm. He's coming to take them home and do whatever it takes to allow them to get there, to mm. transform them, give them better lives, take away the, the, the impact of sin and all of these things. Mm. And in Matthew 22, just two chapters before this, he, he, he actually talks about the signs, the dangers and the issues associated with his return and he gives a parable of a wedding feast. The master sets up this great feast. He calls all kinds of people to attend, you know, the important people and the special people, and many of them don't want to come. So he spreads the word far and wide so that as many as possible can actually attend. And many of those that, that probably are, you know, of lower estate in life, they actually cho choose to be there. Mm. And um, just not those who rejected him. They don't get to be there. And so there were lots and lots of requests, but only those who came dressed in the supplied wedding garments, which is a reference to Jesus' righteousness, are allowed to stay in the feast. And it refers to those who've chosen to follow Jesus faithfully and accept his righteousness in place of their own. You know, mm. not, not, not working on our best attempts to get to heaven, you know, and not having anything to do with Jesus. I'm a good person. I'm, I don't do anything wrong. That's not what it's talking about. There was someone in, the, the, in this parable, there was someone who was there in his own clothes, and he was chucked out. So clearly, it's talking about having Jesus' righteousness on us, his perfectness, his perfection. So I bring you back, as I finish, to my opening illustration of the train is coming. The train is coming. Just as I knew the train was coming to Wynyard Station because there are lots of indicators, so too, as Jesus' return gets closer and closer and closer, we can note the important indicators that Jesus told us about, that he is about to round the corner and arrive at the station. <laughs> and he says that today... It's closer than ever before. And so rather than being lethargic, rather than being, um, you know, ah, I don't really care, that kind of attitude, 
we shouldn't wait till it's too late to make mm. a choice because when we see those signs of him coming, it's too late to make a choice. We want to make a choice today and start getting ready for his return. And if that's something you want to do, please get in touch so that we can help you prepare for this greatest reunion of all time. It reminds me of a song, David, that's... Uh it's, I think it's called People Get Ready, and uh, it talks the about train the train is coming. is coming and get on board. I wish I had that song to play, but uh, it's oh, just yes. come to mind now, so um, I don't have that song as our last one, but it would have been a good one. It would have. Yeah, yeah. so, um, but that's certainly the, the, the point, isn't it, that uh, now is the time to be preparing, now is the time to uh, be searching and uh, to get to know Jesus so that uh, when the time comes, we... We'll already have that relationship with him and we'll be ready to get on the train, so to speak. Mm, mm. Uh, David, uh, what have you got for us next week? Next Next week is a really important thing that we touched on just a little bit when I mentioned one of those verses, and it's called Life Beyond Life. And uh, when we look at that topic next week, we're going to discover pardon me, what happens after this life and what's the next thing we see after we die. Now, this is one I think everybody wants to listen to, so don't miss it. Don't Mm. miss it. And uh, next Wednesday, we've got David Leo joining us again. He's continuing his uh, series called The Seven Roles of Christ. Yesterday, we did the role of Jesus as Michael, and it was a great program. If you missed that, do go and check it out on the Faith FM website or the use the Faith FM app to listen to it. Jesus as Michael is a great program. Um, mm. Of course, uh, we've also got our Faith FM dinner. If you're listening in Tasmania, don't forget about that. Uh, hopefully you will have heard some promo ads going. Um, so do remember Faith FM dinner on the 29th of July where David, our very own David, uh, David <laughs> Maxwell, uh, will be presenting a topic and we hope that you can join us to get together and um, join us there in Hobart. Mm. Thank you for joining us, David. This uh, last song today uh, is called We've Got This Hope by Ellie Holcomb. And don't we ever have this hope. We sure do. See you next time. God is speaking. Are you listening? We've got this hope. We've got a future. We've got the power of the resurrection living within this hope we've got a promise that we are held up and protected in the palm of his hand and even when our hearts are breaking even when our souls are shaking oh, oh, oh we've got this hope
so I 